0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash malicious compliance. One of these days, I'm actually going to remember exactly what I'm trying to record, but we'll get there. Baby steps. Well, happy 4th of July for real. Uh, yesterday on Tales from Tech Support, I said happy 4th of July, <laughs> and the video released before midnight, my time, and uh, people kept telling me that, you know, it's it's not the 4th yet. Well, my plan was to have that video release this morning, the morning of the 4th, and by the time I got done, you know, I was just like, eh, screw it. Let's make it go live. Podcast, the video, everything. And uh, so I did. Anyway, appreciate y'all not beating me up too bad for that. Today is the real fourth Independence Day for us here in America. I know it doesn't mean much to other people outside the country. Hell, for some people inside the country. But it's a special day for me. Uh, not just because I get to stuff my fat face and watch fireworks. But we won't get into that right now. Anyway... Let's enjoy our freedoms and read some malicious compliance. Boss firing me without a warning and effing up the termination. I worked for a small company for the last two years as a software developer. And with small, I mean that I was the only employee. So for many projects my boss had, I wrote the main part of the code base. In March, I made a mistake in one of the updates. And from then on, my boss made it a habit to yell at me at least once every day and tell me how stupid I am. Additionally, he started to call me outside of my working hours to demand fixes for problems that at the most part were his own mistakes. To be fair, my code quality started going downhill after I had several mental breakdowns thanks to his behavior. At the start of May, he said to me that he doesn't want to fire me but would recommend that I find another job in the next month. So I applied to several companies and was waiting for the responses when he decided to terminate me. Nonetheless, two weeks later, he wrote a termination letter and sent it to my home address but didn't say a word to me. So I was quite shocked when I received the letter, which stated that I was fired, starting July the 1st, and that I should take my remaining 20 vacation days, which is the rest of my annual leave, in June. But in Germany, where I work, the employer is only obliged to give you the rest of your annual leave if you worked more than six months in the company for this year. Additionally, an important project, which I had been working on since February, was due in mid-June and not even close to finished, because my boss had prioritized tickets from other projects. So I wrote my boss that I would like to take the vacation days immediately, as written in a termination. But if he needed help for finishing the current project, I would be willing to have the remaining vacation days paid out to me. As soon as I sent the message, I saw the chat program that he was typing. He answered that the number of vacation days in the letter of termination was a minor spelling mistake and that I only had six days left. After a quick chat with an attorney, a friend of my parents, who started laughing when I told him of my boss's reaction. I wrote my boss a formal mail in which I informed him that I would definitely take the vacation days, as stated in the letter, and because the termination also stated that the remaining vacation time will not be paid out, I will withdraw the regarding offer. The next week, he grudgingly accepted the 20 vacation days, and I'll never forget the expression of defeat in his face on the last day, when he realized that the project he took a loan for was about to phenomenally fail, because I was the only one working on it, and he didn't even try to understand how it works. His slogan always was, as long as it works, I don't care what a dumbass <laughs> yeah that boss is a real schmuck first of all everybody makes mistakes i don't care who you are owner employee outsider whatever you can be the smartest guy in the world you're still gonna make mistakes somewhere and usually more than one it's gonna happen for that guy to go out of his way and make sure he knows that he's telling you that you're stupid all the time i don't understand that for one mistake for even for even a handful of mistakes who cares That's part of business. It's part of life. It's going to happen. And this guy evidently thought he was so much smarter than you. A, that's a hell of a typo to make 20 days as opposed to six. And two, he's a coward for telling you in a letter. I mean, sending a letter or handing you a letter to be signed or for whatever, along with having a conversation, fine. You're, you know, covering your bases. But to only send you a letter? Yeah, that's cowardice at its finest. Good for you and your lawyer for getting your time off, man. Screw that guy. HR doesn't want to deal with too many child sick pay requests. No problem. My wife and I are both working, and meanwhile our two kids are in daycare, if they're not sick. Our agreement was that if a child is sick, one stays home the first day, the other one the next day, and so on until the child is fit again, or one of us catches it too. On the one hand, that way care work is split evenly amongst us, and on the other hand, nobody misses suddenly work for an extended time. We're entitled to 30 days of child sick pay per child per parent. It doesn't cover anything but... IIRC about 85 to 90% because we're alternating each day, we get one doctor's notice per day and split them accordingly among us. Instead of one notice for a week, we would have five, which we submit to our employers, and health insurance to deal with each other and get paid. HR, coincidentally the wife of my manager, told me that it's too much hassle to deal with a few papers instead of a single one, and that one of us should stay home, implying my wife, and it's sadly still pretty normal for the mother to deal with care work. We did comply, but it'll take my paid child sick days until I run out. Then my wife will start to cover it. Since then, our children were sick twice and I stayed home the whole time. Three days in a week. My manager asked why I wasn't coming in as I used to and that some orders nearly missed their deadlines. I said HR, his wife, wanted it that way and I still have around 50 days of child sick pay left. I really enjoyed the look on his face. Before anyone assumes anything, my employer is great and I have a good relationship with my manager and the owner. I can understand HR manager's wife, whatever, you know, it can be an annoyance. It can be a minor annoyance to have multiple things going on like that. Oddball swapping back and forth sick days and or child sick days and multiple pieces of paper to try to compile it all into one event, essentially. Um, so I get asking, probing, that would be fine. But to outright say that you really don't want it that way, uh, although he didn't make it sound like anybody forced him to do it, so I don't know. I got I got kind of mixed feelings about it. I don't blame HR for asking, but at the same time, uh, you know, a, an upfront conversation would have been better on both sides for this. Just explain that, you know, you're trying to split it up so that no one parent or no one company gets the whole hit. And it kind of spreads out the burden for everybody, so. But some people just aren't quite that reasonable, or maybe they're just not that intelligent. Nurse said ginger ale was for patients only. Sitting in my wife's hospital room and a nurse asked if there was anything she could get me. I had a bit of a tickle in my throat and was thirsty, so I asked for something carbonated. She brought me a ginger ale. Great, problem solved. Next shift, nurse asked the same question and I asked for a ginger ale. She brought me a ginger ale with no problem. Next shift, no problem. Then things get interesting. Morning shift comes in. This nurse asked the same question. I asked for a ginger ale. She told me those are for patients only. I had to go get my own. So I instacarted the ginger ale along with a few other things with instructions to deliver to the room. They were taking my wife away to surgery and the instacart shows up at the same time. He asked if anyone ordered groceries. I waved my hand up and asked him to leave it in the room. The nurse exclaimed, you can't do that. I told her, you told me I had to get my own. So I did. The sheer look of her head blowing a gasket was priceless. I really do love nurses. They're more important than the doctors in my humble opinion. Patients have the most contact with them. I even keep treats in the room just for nurses. I've never met a nurse as militant or controlling or as much of a sheer bitch as this one. So I took a bit of pleasure here. What she didn't know is that I was a patient in this hospital for three and a half weeks back in January. I insta-carded and door dashed orders with no problem. I can only eat so much hospital food. It's funny. I've never really had a huge problem with hospital food except for when they put you on a restricted diet. Uh, you know, green jello. I love green jello, but that'll only carry me so far. And then when you're allowed to start having solid foods again... Everything's just so bland and I know that they have to be careful because depending on what procedures you had done and so on and what kind of health you're in and yada 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 certain spices can be irritating and whatever and they're trying to make sure that you don't get worse before you get better. I understand that but yeah there's only so far that that food will carry you so I used to have people sneak uh, extra little packets of salt to me for the uh, scrambled eggs in the morning and certain dinners so yeah there's always a workaround. I'm calling them like I'm supposed to. I work in sales and one of my jobs is to call pipeline leads. Pipeline leads are customers who were spoken to in the past that didn't buy for whatever reason. Over the years I've had a few customers, leads, who very clearly had a very sound and good judgement not to do business with me. It's not because I'm bad or they're bad, it's because we weren't a good fit for each other and that's okay. Now I hate bugging those people but my management wants us calling our entire pipeline every 90 days. Now in order to call those leads, I go to their profile and click the number and it dials on my computer and gets counted as a call. I also noticed unless the software has detected we made positive contact with the person we're calling, the call timer is always at zero. Since most of our calls go unanswered, zero is a really common call time. I however noticed that it takes like two or three rings for the call to even ring through to the client. I tested this on my phone and my coworkers phone. So I have a list of clients that I'm supposed to call every 90 days. I spread those clients throughout the 90 days. When I see a client I know doesn't want to talk to me, I hit the call button and then hang up right away. The person I called doesn't even get notified they got called, but on my metrics, it showed that I did call them. Since doing this, my sales have gone up for a few reasons. One, I found a way to deal with the most annoying part of the job my manager has me doing, which makes my mindset better, which in turn means I sell better. I'm also not getting yelled at by people who are like, I told you I'm not buying your stuff. And my manager is stoked and loves to use me as an example to the other salespeople because my nickname has become Pipeline Master. Weird effing nickname, but whatever. Knew a guy back in the service who was nicknamed Pipeline Master, but it wasn't about sales calls. And I didn't name him. For the life of me, I will never understand why management thinks it's okay to keep bugging these people and bugging them and bugging them. Do they really think high-pressure phone calls, cold calls, are going to get more sales to your company absolutely not now if you're calling as a once in a while reminder to people who have done business with you to get more business yeah i could sort of see that and maybe 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 somebody that didn't buy from you if you check in with them in six months or a year maybe but every 90 days nah that's that's too much and if i'm anywhere within 100 miles say of anybody who's high pressure me that much and call me that much. And I've already turned them down several times. I will show up at their office. I'll introduce myself. If I can get in to the person who's actually been calling me, if I can find them and pick them out of a crowd, usually they're using a fake name anyway. But most importantly, I will introduce myself to their manager. The person that made the call is just doing their job. It's a thankless job. It's a shitty job. I get it. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, but that manager is the one making those piss poor decisions. And, uh, Yeah, I'm not afraid to let them know. Seriously though, I've only ever driven 100 miles for that once. Don't judge. Vomiting on Boss. No sick days left. I saw a post similar to this and felt like I'd share my own story. Granted, this was nearly 20 years ago, but something tells me retail work hasn't changed much. When I was 18, I worked for a company which shall not be named other than that they are large and sell much. The policy was only two sick days a year and no PTO whatsoever for part-timers and the company made sure never to schedule you more than 36 hours a week or you would be considered full-time and get PTO. Anyway, the flu was running rampant and I got hit with it bad this particular year and used up my two sick days. I called in sick on day three and was told if I didn't come in, I would be written up. I didn't come in. Unfortunately, I was still sick on day four, but I went in because two days missed is considered no call, no show, and instant termination. As soon as I walk in, the store boss calls me back into his office and demands an explanation, berates me for violating the store trust, and violating the sick policy of two days, etc. He handed me my first and only warning, which said final warning on it, and told me to sign. The entire time he was talking. I was phasing in and out of consciousness but as he slid the paper down to me the motion of looking down was too much. And I projectile vomited all over him. I mean puke spewing dragon vomit. It was everywhere. All over him, his desk, the warning, etc. Even with all that he still made me sign the now destroyed paper and work the rest of the week. I ended up being stuck there for 7 more months before I found a much better job. I don't think so. Not even 20 years ago. If I was sick, and truly sick and I could get to the doctor to get a note. Even if I couldn't get to the doctor and get a note. Basically, I'd go in just long enough to take that paper, crumple it up, throw it in his face, and say, I effing quit. And then spewed all over his desk. I understand that there are corporate policies in place for a reason, because people will abuse the system. I understand that. But you gotta have a little bit of flexibility, and be smart enough to know when somebody's gaming the system, and when somebody's truly sick. If somebody vomits on your desk, they are truly sick. So, again... Total lack of intelligence going on there. You may know your job well, but outside of that, you just, you can't think on the fly. Nothing. Micromanager. I had a micromanager who used to yell at me for prepping food items that were not on the food prep list when asked to do so by other managers, team leads and associates, including the general manager, who was not micromanager, as well as for doing things that were not part of my assigned duties for the day. We had a prep list and duties printed out with our names and time slots for said duties. This last part is key. Threats and yelling included threats to fire my tranny ho ass. Yes, I am openly trans and no, I've never received any payments for XXX services. Cue malicious compliance here. So from that day on, I follow his word as law. Micromanager needs seven containers of sliced tomatoes. Sorry, the list says to make five. Micromanager needs more teriyaki bowls. Sorry, but the list says to make zero today. Micromanager needs me on dishes because of soup bowls and plates. Sorry, but the duty roster says that I'm on food prep and trash duty only. Micromanager needs me on dishes from 1 to 4 p.m. Sorry, but the roster says that I'm on dishes from 9 to 11, and on the food prep from 11 till my shift end at 2 p.m. Micromanager needs me helping out on dining room because we have callouts. Sorry, but I'm on dishes and food prep only today. GM wants me on the dishes, but Micromanager needs food prepped? Sorry, but Micromanager threatened to fire my tranny hoe ass if I don't do what the roster and list says I am to do. Please have someone else to do dishes. What? You still need me to do it? Okay, I guess I'm fired then. Micromanager stopped bitching after he realized that the only competent, as in didn't break 60 plates a day, food prep and dishwasher willing to work weekends was willing to walk out. Note. About three months later, I did give my two weeks. At the exit interview, I responded to the reason why I was leaving as being treated as a sex object by creepy 40-year-old married men who have 7-year-old daughters and 17-year-old boys. Note two, before micromanager, I would stay past my shift in to help out. I always clocked in early even if I was two hours early to my shift and was always willing to help other associates with things like refilling their drawers when it was super busy, helping the dining person clean up the middle school or hurricane on Friday nights and over prepping stuff so that the caterer didn't have to do it when he came in two hours later. Note three, after micromanager, I did exactly what was required of me. Clocked in exactly when my shift started, took my full 30 minute break. I used to clock back in if my meal only took 15 minutes to eat, clocked out at my exact shift end, not even staying to finish the list if I didn't finish everything on it. They went from me covering five people's jobs to having to hire, train, and replace five people's jobs when I stopped doing extra, and the new people quit two to three weeks in every time. Additionally, a couple of the other girls also joined in on the fun, including a woman who hated my lesbian trainee existence. That one surprised me as we equally hated each other, so I didn't expect support from her. Final note, I toned down the kind of insults Micromanager used and kept 98% of the sleazy stuff he suggested out of this post. It was stuff that was really dark and would make my MC tale look like some tale written by a drug addict even to myself. Like, even I can't believe I went through that stuff. Congratulations, Micromanager, you effed up big. Get bent, Strange Corporation. Sorry for bad grammar. I don't have the best grammar when I'm calm, let alone when I'm pissed off. I don't understand why people management feels the need to bring in personal insults when they talk about, you know, somebody getting fired, written up, censored, whatever you want to call it. First of all, I don't care what anybody does in their own personal life, in their own personal time. When you're at work, if you're a girl, you're a girl. Whatever. Okay? I don't care. I guess certain jobs would depend. Anyway, I'm not going to get into all that, but regardless... If this person was doing a good job, not breaking a bunch of dishes, willing to work over, although not taking advantage of overtime, there's a difference there. But I don't think this person was doing that. And they're actually getting things done and they're being efficient and getting along with others, except for that one other person, whatever. Everybody's got at least one person that they don't quite get along with. But if they were willing to stay away from each other and not cause drama at work, I'm good with it. But for this guy to start, you know, making things personal, and that's exactly what this micromanager did. He made everything, or she, I don't know. I'm confused now. But anyway, this micromanager made everything personal from the way this sounds. And that's just no way to run a business. I don't care what kind of business you're in. If you want to say, listen, I'm going to fire you if you don't follow protocol, fine. But to start name calling in the middle of saying that statement, eh, that's, yeah, there's a personal grudge there for some reason, but I don't know. Tell me to smile Bet this isn't what you meant. I'm on mobile, so sorry for any issues. After a long, stressful day at school, I was picked up by my dad to go to his house. My parents were divorced. You could see in my face that I was tired and just wanted to get home. I was in the back seat, staring out the window, and my dad decided to say, Come on, smile. Don't look so miserable. Most people don't smile if they're tired or stressed. Common sense. I'd had enough of being told to smile by anyone. Old men, my parents, etc. So I decided I would follow his request. I put on the biggest, craziest, most Joker-like smile I could and held it until I went to bed. We had to stop at the shops to get dinner. Everyone thought I was crazy, but it was worth it. He was completely and utterly embarrassed. Tried to get me to stop as we were getting stared at. Alas, I did not as I wanted to prove my point. And from a commenter down below. Merely whelmed one. My mother put me in beauty pageants when I was in high school. At one of them, there was a talent portion. I sang Memory from Cats. It was the 80s. In full makeup. I had parents of other contestants telling me I did a great job. Pageant parents are notoriously competitive, so it was surprising. Ultimately, I didn't place. I asked one of the judges why I hadn't placed, and she responded in a southern drawl. Well, you were wonderful, but honey, you didn't smile. I looked at her and snapped. But honey, I was singing about death. That was the last pageant my mother made me do. A smile isn't always necessary. Bless her heart. Anyway, yeah, smile is definitely not always necessary, but I can see... And and I know there's a lot of women, females, girls who get annoyed when people, especially older men, say, come on, smile. But I've said it to boys, too. I've said it to my wife. I've said it to other adults. Hey, why so grumpy or whatever? It's not it's not to try to force anything, but, you know, maybe to open up a conversation. Use that opportunity. And And you were in high school then. And I get it. Both of the O.P.'s were probably in high school at the time. And I understand that. When you're a teenager, things come across way different than they do as an adult, or they should at least. But as an adult, when somebody says, "Why well, are you so grumpy?" I mean, people ask me all the time. I've got frown lines for days, but it's not because I'm angry all the time. Sometimes, but it's because I have light sensitivities and things like that, and I tend to squint my eyes, especially when I'm working outside, and I can't hang onto a pa- pair of sunglasses to save my life. So, yeah, I've, you know, sometimes I look angry, but I'm really not. And if somebody starts asking that, I turn around and use it as an opener for a conversation. Hey, I'm not angry. It's all good. It's just the way I look. It's just my face. I can't help it. But uh, but trust me, I'm good. Or I'm tired or I am in a bad mood and it'll pass eventually and then maybe my facial structure will change a little But Until then, sorry. Here's the deal. Yeah, I mean, too many people are willing to get upset and offended at things that really aren't meant the way they're... That they're taken and I'm quite sure that you've never made the mistake of saying something to somebody else that you probably should have thought better of right I mean we've all done it come on moral of the story is lighten up let's threaten a person on sick leave I was working in a plastic factory a few years back the machinery I was working on mostly did plastic for hay bales the group I was in consisted of four people including me And two of them did close to nothing while me and this really old dude had to do their part too every day. I was working six days a week doing the job of three people. And one time I overslept. And when the manager called me, I quickly drove to work and was approximately 15 minutes late. The old dude retired and I was left with the two guys that left the site constantly to do God knows what. And one time the robot that usually does the packaging didn't get the plastic roll in its package. And I went to put it in. When you enter the area, the robot is working in the sensors immediately stopped the robot. The robot for some reason suddenly started moving and punched the back of my right hand and it was crushed. I got an ambulance to the ER and I got one month of sick leave and when I went to turn it in my boss jumped. I explained to him that my hand also has nerve damage and I left to play Witcher. Four days into the sick leave my boss calls me and tells me that if I don't get back to work earlier he would have to reconsider extending my contract and after stuttering a bit I told him I understood and that was the end of the call. I went back the next week, and when I got to my machines, the orders that we had before my sick leave were still ongoing and hadn't made almost any progress. I walked through the cafeteria into the office area and told my boss I changed my mind and I'm going to quit, which made him really angry. I told him good luck with the important person order and made my leave. The huge factory is next to a bunch of really small towns, and the word spread about the case, and no one would fill my or the old man's positions, and they had to close the part I was working in. Well, on one hand, nobody's irreplaceable. But on the other hand, depending on how you treat that replaceable person, you just may make your position unfillable. Because in small communities, or even in a bunch of small communities, uh, word gets around fast. And if you act like a total jackass, people are going to know, and they're not going to want to work for you. Moral of this story is, be fair. On both sides. Alright guys, thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. I hope you enjoy these stories as much as I do. And uh, if you really did enjoy them and you stuck it out this long, you might as well subscribe, right? Anyway, throw us a like, jump on the podcast, share with your friends and family, and most of all, uh, have a great day. Till the next one, we'll see you.